0: you but one time. I got a couple of verses here in 1 Samuel I'll read, but let me just go and have you go to Genesis chapter number 22 for tonight. Amen. Again, we appreciate you being here so very, very much. 1 Samuel chapter number 1, verse 27, For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I ask of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord as long as he liveth. He should be lent to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord there. Tonight, as we come to dedicate these children to the Lord, tell the message, Giving Your Children Back to God. As I wrote that, I thought, no doubt there are some parents thinking, why not give mine back sometime? There, there's not a parent, one, that is not at one time or another wanting to take that kid, package him back up, take him to the counter and say, listen, I want my money back. Amen. I love this. The little boy turned in his homework and the teacher said, this is terrible. How can one person make so many mistakes? He said, one didn't. My daddy helped me. Amen. I love that. Someone has said, our children do as we teach them. We get it wrong, they'll get it wrong. But if we get it right, they'll get it right. Proverb writer said, train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. son came to his mother and said, Mom, what would you like for your birthday this year? She said, I would like three well-behaved kids. She said, he says, but mom, then there would be six of us. <laughs> My, how we begin to recognize what a precious, precious gift the Lord has given us in children. In the text we read, Hannah brings her son to Samuel and presents to him, to the Lord, Joseph and Mary, the moment J- Jesus was born, following his circumcisions after eight days, and when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses was accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem and presented him to the Lord. But this morning, I want to just share just a few thoughts from perhaps the ultimate act of a father, a parent, giving the child back to the Lord. In Genesis chapter 22, the Bible says that God gave Abraham the son of his old age. We'll not take time to go into that story, but he was he, he, he was well past having children, but God gave them a miracle son. And in chapter 22, the Lord came one day and He said, Take now thine son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Sarah was ninety and Abraham was a hundred. Could you imagine being a hundred years old and waiting in the waiting room for a baby? But he was. And I've thought about this so many times as Abraham and the Lord said, Abraham, I want you to take that son that you love so dearly. I want you to take him to a mountain and offer him up as a burnt offering unto me. The Bible spares us the agony of that night. We do not know all that transpired in the heart of Abraham, but we do know this. By morning, he said, Son, load up the donkey, get the fire, and get the wood. We've got to go. And as he goes, his son says, Dad, I don't understand. We got the fire, we got the wood, but where's the sacrifice? That old man of God said, Son, God will provide Himself a sacrifice. And as they made their way up there, we find that Abraham obeyed. And the time came when he had the altar. I don't know, I can't prove this, but... I think I'm probably right. I don't believe that Isaac fought his dad. I believe he literally laid down. And about that moment, there was a ram caught in a thicket. Just a moment, he would have driven the dagger into the heart of his son. God said, stop Abraham. See, God never did desire to hurt Isaac or to have Abraham... To kill him, what he wanted was Abraham to take Isaac off the throne room of his heart. That day when Abraham left, never again someone would say, Abraham, you've got everything. He would smile and quickly turn and realize, all I have is the Lord. And tonight as we think about this dedication and not only for the parents that will be dedicating their children and grandparents in a church, but this is a good reminder for the rest of our parents that are here. You may have already dedicated your child, but this is a good reminder for you as well. Giving your child back to God is first of all a confirmation of your love for God. A child is one of God's prized possessions. But we need to understand tonight, a child can never take the place of God in your heart. One of the saddest things that can be imagined is that we literally put a child and give them God's status. I love my children. There's not a man here that loves my children or my grandchildren any more than I do, but I'm not going to give them God's status. I'm just not. We find that by demonstrating, by doing this, what Isaac was saying to the Lord, God, I love you above the most prized possession of my life. His only son, Isaac. Matthew Ryder said this, He that loveth father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Now, he does not say that you're not to love your father and mother and your son and your daughter. That's not what he's saying. He's saying this. He's saying that if you don't love me more than those. Now, I don't know about you. I love my children. I believe we got some moms and dads that love their children. God said, I want you to love me a notch above that. I want you to love me a notch above that. As a matter of fact, he that take a knock, his cross and follows me is not worthy of me. So when we give our children back to the Lord tonight, the first thing is a confirmation of your love for God I love my children, but oh how much I love my God. Amen. And I want my children to know I love God, amen. I want my children to know I love God more than anything else in this world. And I want them to love God, as I've tried to love God down through the years. First things a confirmation of your love for God. Number two, a clarification of ownership. Boy, is she going to be alarming for somebody. I'll just use Matthew as an illustration. He's a good illustration. He just had a little boy. His name's Levi. Aslan, they, she's, Aslan's what, two now? Twenty months old. If you were to ask Abraham, Abraham, I mean, uh, uh, Matthew... Okay, my first mistake for the year. Amen. Let's move on. Matthew, is them your children? He'd tell you, yes, they're my children. But the truth of the matter is, they're not. Life belongs to the Lord. We don't have ownership of it. Truth of the matter is, God has given Matthew and Sarah, as he has the other parents here, a great, great, holy stewardship. God entrusted Matthew and Sarah so much that he gave them a little girl and a little boy. And God said, Now I want you to bring them up to love me. But nowhere in the Bible do you find ownership. A child's a gift from God doesn't really belong to us. child belongs to God. And boy, as God gives us the great privilege to love and train this child, my, we must be reminded that they ultimately belong to Him. They don't belong to us. You see, and boy, that, that's, that's hard sometimes because we have this ownership of our children. And, but the truth is, they really don't belong to you. They belong to Him. So it brings a clarification of ownership. The Bible says in Psalms one twenty seven three, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. Let me remind you, be careful how you treat God's property. I don't know when we judge for... Those in heaven or in hell, but you gotta believe those that abused children in their lifetime, you gotta believe God's gonna judge that very severely because they're his property, they're his children. God did not authorize let me let me let me be very clear about something. God did not authorize the state to raise your children. Oh, this is gonna really go crosshairs with some of you, but I'm just, I love you enough to be honest with you. God didn't authorize a daycare to keep, raise your children either. God authorized a mama and a daddy to raise those children. I know what Hillary said, but it doesn't take a village to raise a child. It takes a mom and a dad. That's what it takes. Giving your child to God were confirmation of your love for God. Number two, a clarification of ownership. Boy, here's the big one. This is really what this service is all about tonight. It is a commitment to raise your child God's way. Ephesians 6, 4, the Bible says, And you fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. See, tonight, giving your child back to the Lord is not just a ceremony. It is a commitment It is a commitment to be a godly parent. It has the ideal of us being right and living right before God. It has the ideal of teaching this child about Christ. That one day they'll need to be saved. It is to keep this child in the house of God. I love our bus ministry. we, we, We support it and we run them when we pick them up. And I think sometimes we ought to celebrate the parents that brings their children to the house of God every Sunday. I believe that's the one we ought to celebrate because that's God's ordained plan. Oh, don't miss this. Love you children. You say, well, does that mean that I give them everything they want? No, the Bible says God chastises those that He loves. My, My daddy loved me so much he beat the devil out of me when I needed it. (laughs) That's pretty often (laughs) Amen He loved me that much More than once He'd say boy I'm trying to teach you How to be a man I love the fact that he did Train the child Train the child (laughs) Remember he's a little boy I followed my daddy Everywhere I carried more cups of coffee than 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 if I had a nickel for everyone i'd retire I carried more tools I went to the shed to get more stuff, but oh my goodness what he taught me Boy this is a this is one and please don't boot me out if you've not got this right or it's been messed up. I'm trying to help those that are here making a commitment tonight, so please don't get sideways with me. Stay married for this child. Well, there's other reasons to stay married, but this is a good one. Make your home a holy place. Make it a holy place. Live a righteous life. See, I... Think sometimes the people believe that a baby dedication is some magical ceremony. There's no magic about it. Because if you're home and you go leave this place and that commitment's not there to raise the child God's way, then it's you wasted your time tonight. I like what Joshua told the children of Israel. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. Put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood. in Egypt, serve you, the Lord. Now, I love this. Boy, this ought to be every daddy's prayer tonight. Every grandfather's prayer ought to be this. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you'll serve. Whether God your father served the world on the other side of the flood, the gods of the Ammonites, whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Boy, that's what we need. We need that kind of commitment that looks to this world. So I don't care what kind of craziness you do. What nobody else, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Brings a confirmation. You love for God, a clarification of ownership, a commitment to raise your children in God's way. But it's also this. It's claiming God's plan and promise for that child's life. Isaac inherited the promise that God's blessings, protections, because of his dad. Abraham gave him to God, and God gave him the promise. Tonight, as we make this commitment, what you're doing is you're claiming what God has said in this book does not mean your children's going to be perfect. It does not mean they may not make some steps in rebellion. Have we not all done some of that stuff? It's okay. Raise your hand. They don't mind. We can be honest, can't we? And it's not, but I'll tell you this much. The Bible says raise them up in the admonition of the Lord and they'll never depart from it. Somewhere, someplace, they'll come back to that and say... Like the prodigal. My daddy's got food out there to spare. And I'm down here starving. I'm going to go back and see if he'll just let me be a hired servant. And he gets a little bit closer. It's the only place in the Bible. The Father's the type of God. It's the only place where God's seen running. And the Father ran to him and loved him and kissed on his neck. And I want you to know... He came back to it, even though he had squandered everything that he had. You're claiming the promise that God has given you. See, our children are, are blessed by your obedience to God. Then they're cursed by our disobedience to God. Wow. As you obey God with your life, you give that child back to God, you're posturing that child to receive the very best God has for his or her life. Boy, what a responsibility. What a responsibility that is, Dad, for you. What a responsibility that is for you, Mom. I'll go a step further. What a responsibility for the grandfathers and the grandmothers that are here. We, see, we're, this. my children's not in this thing by themselves. They got us where they want it or not. And Grandma ain't one bit bashful about telling these boys and girls what they need to do. I've heard them preaching to them several times about what they need to do. Someone has said, Josh McDowell said this, We do not develop habits of genuine love automatically. We learn by watching effective role models, most especially by observing how our parents express love for each other day in and day out. When my my son-in-law walked in my office, he's a big old boy. He's a big old boy. He said, I got a preacher I'd like to talk to. He said, I'd like to see Tammy. I got feelings for your daughter. What kind of feelings you got? And I said, well, here's the rules. And I gave him the rules. But I watched something. I watched how he treated his mother. I watched how he treated his mother. I watched every Sunday as his mom walked out of the choir and she'd stop and hug her son's neck. watched how he treated his mother. And I watched him for several weeks and realized very, very quickly if he'll treat his mom and daddy right, he'll treat my daughter right. Is that right? Amen. This is good preaching. Yeah. I didn't get to watch Jason's mom and daddy that much. They wasn't around, but... But I knew he treated them right. How you treat, how you treat. Hey, sir, that son is going to mimic how you treat, hey, he treats a lady is how you, how you, you treat her. See, I'm a little bit weary with men saying, well, I just can't I can't help myself. Oh, shut up. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. There's no reason. The Bible says each day of our lives we make deposits in the memory banks of our children. Chuck Swindoll said. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said this. Let no Christian parent fall into delusion that Sunday school is intended to ease them of their personal duties. The first and most natural condition of things is for Christian parents to train up their own children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. It's not the school's job, it's not the church's job, it's not the state's job. Mom and Daddy, it is your job to raise your children in the admonition of the Lord. Do we always get it perfect? No, we we don't get it perfect a lot of times. Well, I look back and I'd redo some things if I could, but I can't. But I want you to know this much. We ought to make a commitment here to this tonight to say, I want to do that. So let's stand to our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed.